0: Up next, Jason Kokrak wins the Houston Open, and we picked it last week in our best bets, plus 5,000 winner. That is a $10 bet to win $500. That is our third outright win in the last eight events, uh, the eight events in the fall, and our ninth outright winner in the last 12 months. Got to follow the plays. On Your Best Bet, Johnny and Zach are here to break down Kokrak's win, what it means for him in his career, what is his next step to uh, stardom uh, on the PGA Tour. We'll also talk about Scheffler coming up just short once again, still looking for his first win, and we do a little bit of a deep dive into Martin Trainer. Then we preview the, f- the last event of the fall portion of the 2021 2022 pj tour schedule it's the rsm classic down in sea island georgia this weekend uh talk about our plays there we'll also dabble a little bit into the dp tour world championship the last event of the euro tour this season all next Welcome to your best bets. It is the final golf podcast of the 2021 calendar season. Final events of the fall schedule as we close it out with the RSM Classic. We're also going to talk a little bit about the DP World Tour Championship, which closes out the race to Dubai on the European Tour. The final events of the European Tour the name, the European tour. And of course, we're going to review the, um, the Houston Open, which was just tremendous for at least two of us on this podcast. Uh, joining me, first time in a, about a month, Zach Fitzgerald's back. Zach, what up?
1: Nothing. Uh, nice to see that you guys are doing great on your bets since then. And, you know, I might not have done as well as you guys did last week, but any win is a win in my book for the pod
0: it's so unselfish of you. What a, what a team player you are. I mean, I'm really proud that you've really embraced the podcast team concept, Johnny, uh, how's it feel to, uh, to get a Coke rack win and a Lions tie in the same day?
2: Almost, almost speechless at that. Um, now, I, I will have to say, when you did make the co-crack pick um, prior to the tournament starting, I, w- I wasn't a fan of it. I actually did, didn't bet that. And as I was talking to you Sunday morning, I had a little extra money to throw on somebody. Um, and looking at the leaderboard, and this is why... Uh, I'll I'll have to go into this and I was going to go into this at some point, but I'll just go into right now. This is why it's good to live bet and really look at the scores. Um, We'll talk about how Kokrak played in a stretch and and really, really played kind of shitty for, you know, for entire nine holes, but he he came back and showed me some life there and played good. And I live bet him Sunday morning and got a really good number of uh, uh, plus a thousand, only two shots back. And uh, uh, seeing him win like that was huge. So, that was good. The Lions tie was fine, I guess. I don't really I don't really know what to think about that. I I I, I don't appreciate you bringing this up on the golf pod, but you know, I guess it's going to be a, a weekly thing until this this goddamn season ends.
0: Well, I texted you in overtime when like four minutes left, and I said, "Holy shit! I hope the Lions tie this game. Please let them tie." And yep. I, it really, just ended. There's like a capper for the day for me. Uh, yeah, real going back real quick on the Kokrac play. Yeah, I, we sent out our best plays on Wednesday, put it in our uh, the Facebook and Instagram story, and you immediately were, was like, "Jason Kokrak? are you kidding me?" So. Now, now what do we have to say? I mean, you you not only apologize to me, apologize to to big Jason Kokrak, Mr. Fucking Swagger.
2: Yeah, I do have to apologize to Jason Kokrak. Um, Not necessarily to you, but to to him, he really, you you know, he's, he's not a bad pick a lot, you know, on, on certain weeks, but he just, he had really no form. So you know, I guess I should have looked more at the course fit and, um, you know, you've had a really good stretch here of, of picking a lot of good players. So I, I should have just tailed it without thinking about it and just, just gone with it. But, you know, you've also had some second place, uh, or top fives and whatnot with some of your picks. So I just, uh, I, I wasn't feeling it, but you know, he had that good number on Sunday and it was like, you know what, I just got to pull the trigger. At least gives us both a rooting interest here. And, uh, um, you know, and then he just, he just had that swagger, like you said, that back nine and, and played really,
0: really great down
2: that, down the stretch. The,
0: the fall has been pretty, pretty good to the, the, the three of us really, uh, going back to the first event in mid-September with the Fortnite, this is the third outright winner we've had in eight fall events, which is, that's pretty, it's a pretty good percentage, uh, with, with Homa. Um, Hovland last week. And then of course, Kokrak here, a couple of close misses as well. And uh, we've, we've pretty much tore up the fall and we've had some good place finishes as well. Um, I know we hit uh, Matt McNeely top 20. Um, I had that one. You had Sam Burns top 10 that hit uh, Kokrak head to head hit on your best plays. Um, and, and real quick on the Kokrak thought was um, again, recent form has not been great at all but it's it's to me sometimes the number with uh potential win equity matters and i i just thought that was too low for a perfect course fit for a guy that's pretty long off the tee and he can really heat it up on the greens and we saw that on sunday and third win in the last 13 months i mean are we to the point where we have to start talking about What's the next step for Jason Kokrak? Are we there, Zach? What's 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 next for him? Is it contending in a major? We haven't really seen him show up on the major stage. I think he has the game too. He certainly has the power,
1: which I mean, kind of seems to be the way that the game's going these days. Is you know, if a guy can put together the short game and the putting for a week, as long as he has the power to do so, it works out for him. Over the last few years, I think he's really kind of peaked and valleyed a little bit, uh, and and really kind of come, come on at the right times, but never really seems to break through to major. I think maybe at some point he, he certainly has the ability to win a major, but there are also numerous other people that do. I would like to see it, uh, to see another person come through and maybe ascend even higher and push the game even farther and, and, and make it even more competitive. I think would be a great thing.
0: Yeah, I think, I think Contending a major is the next step for him. His short game is clearly the weakness, and it's, it's actually a big weakness. Th- this week around the greens, he really wasn't good at all. In fact, you know, I, I think there's been a couple of tournaments this year. I remember him really struggling with his uh, bunker game. And um, I don't know what happened this, you know, specifically in some of the earlier rounds, but he lost almost four strokes to the field around the green this week and still won. He was 67th in the field around the green. That just shows how good he was ball striking and putting. Um, I, I I was looking for the stat. Oh, here it is. So, so Kokrak winless in his first 232 starts as a professional. And now he's won three times in the last 13 months. I mean, is that just, what is that Johnny? Is that just, him starting to figure something out once it clicked at the uh, CJ cup last fall. And now there's there's a certain self-belief when he gets in contention on Sunday. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, golf is, is hugely a game of confidence and,
2: and uh, you know, it's, it's being comfortable under this, you know, under the gun when you're in those situations um, right before the CJ cup last year, um, I read a story today that he uh, um, had been playing a 35 inch putter. Uh, he's a big dude. He's six foot four. And I don't know if it was a swing instructor or caddy. I believe it was a swing instructor suggested to him. Why don't you try a, a 36 inch putter? Just adding one inch to the putter, making it a little bit longer. Cause he noticed that when he was gripping his putter, he was, he was gripping it on the very, very, very end of it. And he, you know, he tried it out and said he felt instantly felt comfortable over the ball. And, you know, responded, you know, within a couple of weeks of winning the CJ Cup out of Vegas on a, comfort, on a course he feels real comfortable on. And, you know, some guys, we, we talk about how, you know, one win can sometimes open up the door for, for bigger and better things. And, you know, he's got that confidence. He's a great driver of the golf ball. Um, he's turning into a better iron player. But, you know, I look at it as, as the confidence with the driver, you know, then he's going to... He's gonna have better chances to hit more greens, and he's not gonna expose himself that much around the greens. Now, if he's not hitting his irons well, you know you better watch out. That's where that's where you you question whether he's a good bet when he's not in form because you know his, his pitching, his chipping, his bunker play is not very good, but he can drive the ball great and now he's putting the ball great. And, and that's the difference. I mean, look at a guy like, you know, we'll just take John Rob, for instance, that guy was putting his, his brains out this summer, you know, with a lot of, a lot of confidence there. So yes, I mean, that win there I think kind of started it and he figured out some stuff about his game and and he's gone from there, but you just see him though. I mean, you made a comment yesterday about, you know, how confident he looked walking from shot to shot you know, he, he kind of does have like a, he's got that old dude fat man swagger where he just, you know, he, he's just the weird weird looking dude, but he just walks so confidently. You can just tell he's in control of his game and he knows uh, he knows he's going to, you know, tee it up and, and hit the fairway. He's going to hit it deep and he's going to hit it in the fairway just about every single time. So, you know, I think it's just uh, I think that win kind of triggered things and he figured out stuff and, and, I don't know if he'll ever win a major, but I could see him as a serious uh, possibility for like the president's cup team next year.
0: I know we talked about him a lot, a lot in the middle of the season for a potential Ryder cup pick at Whistling Straits because he was playing well and he was good course fit. He he tailed off toward the end of the season a little bit, but yeah, looking at his major record, his best major finish is a T 17 at the Oakmont U S open in 2020 I'm, I'm sorry, the wing foot U S open in 2020. So not, not a good major record at all. And, and, you know, I love career comps. Like what have we, when have we seen this before? And the, the best I could come up with was uh, Jimmy Walker who really hit his peak in his mid thirties. He was a bit of a journeyman for a, a good portion of his early in his career. And then he hit a, a peak in his mid thirties where he won a lot. He he won the most forgettable PGA of our lifetime uh, oh in God, 20, yeah. 2016. And now he's tailed off into um, obscurity with him and his Lyme disease. And um, so closest career comp I could think of was a guy like Jimmy Walker, where he, I mean, Kokrek, I think is 36. So he's not young and he's been around a long time. And it's its just interesting to see him now reach this new I don't know, newfound heights where he's he gets into the, in contention and he's becomes pretty trustworthy. To be honest with you, um, so let's see if in 2022 he can up the ante and uh, <laughs> increase his uh, increase his uh, major his major performance. I love the the Cochrack poker references. I can't yes. get enough of that. Um, uh, Zach, I know you didn't see a lot, and, and before we came on, we were talking about how Scotty Scheffler really seems in control of the event for uh, 63 holes. Um, in fact, I texted Johnny Saturday afternoon. I said, I think is going to win this thing. And then early Sunday, i pretty sure is going to win this. And he has, I think, a two-shot lead making the turn, and he makes a couple bogeys, and he really never recovers. Still hasn't won on tour. Does this give you any less faith in him? Or is this, does this worry you going forward that he still hasn't won yet?
1: No, I mean, he's young. I think it, it speaks a lot to kind of what you were just talking about with Kokrak. With that situation, I mean, you know, with him not winning early, Kokrak speaking, you know, maybe it just took him longer to get comfortable. And, you know, with the T-17 best of majors, maybe that speaks to the same thing, that, that maybe he just takes him longer to get comfortable. So with Scheffler, Scheffler obviously has the game. He puts himself in the position. He just needs to put himself in that position more continuously to get more comfortable to be able to close it out. And then, you know, he's got the game that once he does close one out, he may go on on a huge run, kind of like Rom did once he won one. Um, I, don't think he, I don't think he has the talent that a guy like Rom does personally, myself. I don't think he's as consistent, but I do think he has an extreme amount of talent. And as a young guy on tour against all these other guys playing so well, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult to win. So eventually, I think he will break through and then probably win two or three in a year. Maybe settle down and then maybe win a major at some point.
0: Johnny, the um, you know part of the 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 narrative with Scheffler has you know been. Not winning, but also his unbelievable Ryder Cup performance and taking down the number one in the world in singles and John Rahm. I know I saw Scheffler say he he didn't really feel that great this week. He he was able to make some putts and really get himself into contention. I was trying to think as well. Who is he? The best player without a PGA Tour win right now? Is there is there anyone else on your radar that that would be a better candidate that doesn't have a win?
2: none come to mind. And, and I think even if, even if we were to come to a, uh, come with a list, he's probably the best and most talented at least. Um, he did play 63 really good holes on a hard golf course. The field wasn't elite, but it wasn't Bermuda. Um, so, I mean, there were some, there were some players there. Um, he's going to win. and I think he's going to win a lot, but you know, ball striking wise it is it, hard to criticize his game at all um it's just you know obviously it's it's the putter and, and just take the winner for for instance in jason So it's always been a decent putter an okay putter streaky putter made a made a change with the actual equipment and now the guy's won three times so you know it It'll come around. It's just he's too good not to, and sometimes it just takes a while for 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 these guys. And what is he? Twenty five years old. Scheffler is. I mean, it takes a while. You know, you've got to put yourself in this position. And I know he's been in contention before, but. The third to last group or the penultimate group is different than the final group that he was in today. So, or uh, in on Sunday. So, end up playing a good front nine. So, I mean, it's there. He's not totally, he didn't totally shit the bed until he, you know, until he made the turn there. So, 63 degree old It was just like I talked about, about, you know, Matthew Wolf, um, who had, you know, come closer and closer and closer. It's just one of those things that you just kind of have to, you know, work your way into, and you've got to learn from the, the the failures. And, and now, you know, now he can show himself, you know what, I played nine good holes of golf, you know, with the lead. And I, I built myself up with a lead. Now I got to just got to figure out how to control my emotions and my nerves and, and, and get there. And like I said, he's 25 years old. It, he's going to give himself chances and you just got to keep doing that as as an athlete and, and as a professional golfer is just put yourself in that position, figure out why you make bogey on 10, 11, and I think it was 14, you know, why you do that. And then, you know, make the corrections there. But I have no doubt that this guy will be one of the the top 20 players in the world consistently in the next couple of years. It's just, you know, giving that, uh, that win equity, that, that, that confidence that we can have as betters, in him to be able to close out these rounds. So, you know, it, it, he's got to take away the good out of it. 63 good, good holes, nine bad ones. You know, it, it is what it is. And and I, I look forward to him winning quite a bit here in the near
0: future. He's, he's ranked 17th in the world. He's, he's easily the highest ranked player without a win on either tour. Um, I do think his time's coming, we, we thought, it might happen in the fall. I know we talked about that early on in the fall. Uh, so if he doesn't get it this week at the RSM, he'll have, to, he'll have to wait it out. But it seems like he's destined to win at some point this season. One of my favorite stories from Sunday, uh, we're well really the whole weekend, but Sunday specifically, when it, it looked for a second like Martin Trainer was going to potentially win this thing, and his story is—it's so unbelievable that it's—it's it's almost like you wouldn't believe it's true. Um, so, and he got, he was a corn Ferry tour graduate. And then in February, 2019, he wins in his like 10th start at Puerto Rico. Um, he gets his two year exemption and then this guy has just been awful at golf. Like he's dropped to number 1300th in the world. His ranking is less than Zach Fitzgerald right now. And, yeah. um, out of his his last no. seven, out of his last seventy events, um, between that win and, and this weekend's event, he has missed sixty-one cuts out of those seventy events. That is incomprehensible. <clears throat> as a pro, he's made the cut nine times in seventy events. Um, that's crazy. His best finish was a thirty-fourth at the Century Tournament of Champions the following year, which happened to be dead last. <laughs> um, but there he was Sunday with the lead on the back nine, he's making 60 and 70 footers, which we know is not a, uh, s- a sustainable way of, of playing golf and, and winning. Um, I don't really have much else to say other than that was almost another miraculous, uh, way to, win a tournament after he's been off the mat for two years. I guess he's still playing off the exemption, but he's going to have to somehow uh, really increase his level of play to, to, to keep his card, but he finishes T five. And uh, I don't know. So sort to of bring that to light, golf is pretty crazy. Sometimes as we both know, all three of us know uh, anything else from Houston, from either one of you. Now I'm,
2: I'm, I'm ready to put this, this one to bed here. It was, it's just your normal standard tour event there. I, I I like to see, I did like to see the the low scoring on this event. It was different than the 20 under, you know, birdie fests and everything, um, which kind of made, you know, Jason Kokrak stretch there. when he you know, when he was sitting there at six under par, you know, and he was like three back and, and, you know, reeled off four in a row. That was, that was pretty cool. But, uh, You know, it was, uh, you know, it was kind of your, it it had some interesting names, you know, a trainer who wasn't he the, the, you told me he was the pre-tournament, the worst
0: odds, highest odds. He was a thousand to thousand to one thousand to one to win. So
1: I I believe he has the worst odds in this upcoming tournament or, or he's (laughs) at least within five of it.
0: Vegas is is betting that this was an anomaly at Houston. Then disrespecting uh, yeah. uh, Martin Trainer. Wow. No, I did I did like the golf course at, at Memorial Park. I, I did like the golf course. I, I it was long. It was tough. And and the runoffs on the greens, uh, it really made it a lot more interesting than your typical PGA Tour event, which is you know the greens are surrounded with thick rough. But with the the runoffs, um, there was a lot of different types of short game shots that you had to play. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I love to see the scoring a little bit more around 10 under. I thought that was a lot more interesting to watch. And uh, yeah, there is Jason Kokrak. So we hit Max Homa. Zach hit uh, Max Homa at Fortnite for, I think it was plus 6,000, which is a 6, huge 500, number. 6,500, I believe. 6,500, thank you. Six, that that's, a
1: little foreshadowing, a little foreshadowing
0: for later. Which is a huge number. And then uh, last week we hit Hovland at plus 1,800 and then uh, Kokrak at plus 5,000. So those are some pretty hefty numbers uh, for anyone that's been following the picks pretty religiously. Um, hopefully people benefited off the Kokrak play. Uh, guys, this week. So there's this is the one of the events that we, we covered at the very start of the podcast last fall, um, and I – had my heart broken by Robert Streb uh, when I had a really hefty uh, wind bet on Kevin Kisner. Um, And so here we are, we're we're covering this event for the second time around. Um, This event, of course, is uh, pulling up my stats here. Um, Sea Island Resort, uh, they play the seaside course and the plantation course. I think they played one round on the plate, the plantation course, if I'm correct, yes. and three on the seaside. Um, so the first first two rounds, you'll see each course. Neither course is long; they're just barely over seven thousand yards. Bermuda greens, of course. Um, seaside plays at a par seventy, plantation at a seventy two. Um, traditionally, this uh, this tournament will be won around twenty under. Um, comp courses that I've have here are Sedgefield, um, Pebble, Harbortown, typically your shorter golf courses. And to me this week, I'm looking at guys that hit a lot of fairways, accurate off the tee, not necessarily long, um, but put Bermuda at least decent and just hit a lot of greens. Um, either one of you see anything differently from, from the course analysis standpoint. No, this
2: is, it's, it's not a big ballpark. Neither, neither course is. Um, the plantation, the one that you play the one time, either Thursday or Friday, um, you've got to go, uh, you got to go low on. That's usually the, the scoreable course, more of the, the resort course that they've got there. Um, but yeah, you, uh, you got to put, put the Bermuda greens. Um, one thing to look at is if you're, if you're really hardcore into it is whether They're looking at calm conditions on Thursday, windy conditions on Friday. So if you've got guys um, that are teeing off on the plantation course on Thursday, and we'll uh, maybe put a reminder out when we do the picks and everything like that. Plantation course on Thursday, those guys are going to have the better conditions on the easier golf course. So, you know, they might be able to shoot a lower score there and just kind of hang on for the next day there. So for first round lead purposes, uh, for Friday and up making a little bit of a difference because they flip flop courses. Half the half the field plays the plantation the first day, half play the seaside, and then they
0: flip um on Friday. I don't know what happened to your audio there, Johnny, but you started to sound a little bit like Frankenstein. It was a little bit rough. Oh, man. I thought that was like a really great point, is what I made too. Yeah. Still um, s- still there too. Uh Zach is he sounds like a decepticon <laughs> it was it got it got pretty crazy there yeah um well while, while he's looking at that uh zach is um I, I, know I know you're doing a little bit of research on this today any any other thoughts on the golf course uh
1: looking back on it uh there are definitely some trends that i saw with some people that are playing this week uh nineteen unders won it the last few years and like you said it is normally around 20 um johnny would have really the best um knowledge on course. I believe he's, he's definitely, I've seen pictures of Harbor town or uh, so maybe he's been down around sea Island as well. Have you played sea Island, Johnny?
2: Not yet. That might be uh, sea Island might be on the May vacation coming up here. I'm, I'm looking into it, but it's a lot like, it's a lot like it though. It's, it's, it's tight and you know, you got to get the ball in the fairway and you know, these greens are going to be tough to put on cause they're, you know, they're a little bit warped.
1: Yeah, I I just assume that being in the same general vicinity with turf conditions and weather and all that, that you would have the best knowledge. I I think, like you were saying earlier, that I like a tournament where finally we don't have to talk about the bombers all the time. And it's nice to talk about people that hit greens a little bit more and maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, every tournament is putting, but maybe a little bit more ball strikers this time.
0: Yeah. And there's definitely been a certain kind of player that has excelled at this tournament and won the last few years. You're looking at the Kisners, of course, uh, Chris Kirk, won here a few years ago, Charles, Howe, uh, Mackenzie Hughes. Um, and of course, uh, Mr. RSM himself, Robert Streb with the two wins the last few years. So he's maybe a little bit of an outlier compared to the other players. Uh, Streb's a, kind of a mini bomber and, uh, he shows up once a year, but um, it's definitely a kind of different kind of player. Webb Simpson's a guy that has had a ton of success here. He has not won, but it's definitely those Webb and Kisner type players that seem to really do well here. Um, Let's get to the odds. Let's do it. So it's not a huge surprise based off of last week that, um, Scotty Scheffler comes into the event as the pre-tournament favorite. He's going off at plus 1000. Webb is at plus 1200. We haven't seen him since I think CJ cup at, uh, yeah. Vegas. Um, Cam Smith, he played last week plus 1400. Louis hasn't played in the second. He's at plus 1600. Corey Connors at 22, uh, Sea Island guy, Harris English at 25, Russ Henley at 25. Um, those are the seven guys that are under 3,000. Uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Do you have a preference in this range, if, if any at all? Uh, I like Simpson and
1: Louie. Uh, I like how, well, how good of ball strikers they are. I like Simpson's uh, previous record here, uh, played well previous years. Uh I looked to him to really potentially win this week, but at the same time, twelve hundred, it's not it's not the greatest odds. You know, when we were talking in previous uh uh iterations of the podcast when John Rahm was around that eight and nine hundred dollar range, um we all had talked about is that good enough uh money to be making the bets and twelve hundred really isn't that much better. So Great. for a guy that's going to win, yeah, you could put you could put a good bet on. But I do think that there is some value farther down the list uh, for winners that that have just as
0: much potential as Webb. And and Louie, you're, you're actually going to trust him to win a PGA Tour event?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a good ball striker, and he drives the ball well. I mean, everybody, so he's going to putt well. He's going to put everything together at some point on the PGA Tour, just like he has in majors. It's got to happen at some point.
0: Johnny, what's your thought up top here?
2: The the top couple, um, you know, I, I think they're the, the the best options or the the best chances at winning. But at, at plus a thousand with uh, with no win equity for for Scheffler, I I have a hard time laying any money on him to win right now. Um, I do like him in any plus money bet. Other than that, though, because I mean, it, it's gonna be hard to see him not finish top ten or top twenty um just because of just because of how good he is and how good he's been playing. Um can't lay the 10 to 1 odds though. That's that's a little short for a guy who's never won before. Same thing with with Ustedes and he's uh, Zach, I appreciate you uh um thinking that he's gonna win but he's just not so can can I I mean you know he's gonna hang around there and and and, you know I don't mind him in a top 10 but um I'm not gonna touch him there either. Um I I like Simpson because he played well at uh, at CJ Cup. I think he finished top fifteen there. Um, but again, at twelve to one, that, that, that scares me. So my card might start at Harris English at twenty five to one. He lives on the island. Um, doesn't play the golf courses that much, but practices there all the time. Um, I think the, the the golf courses fit his game quite well. Um, not a whole lot of recent form here, but. Um, at 25 to 1, I think that's some, some pretty good odds there.
0: Didn't English withdraw on his most recent start due to an injury? Am I crazy?
2: You, you're you probably not crazy. I just don't have the answer to that.
0: <laughs> I don't have the answer to that either. I, I might have to look at that while we're talking later on. I, I thought I, – I remember him withdrawing. Yes, uh, sore back at uh, uh, CJ Cup. Which is it's been about a month now. So that that could be behind him. Um, that's fair. Um I this is such a Web Simpson course. My God. I mean, if you think about all the comps, Sedgefield, he tears up, Harbor Town is his last win on tour. I I it just Feels like Webb's got to win here at some point. There's like these certain tracks where you think that's the first guy you think of, and to me, it's it's this course. I don't know if I'll I'll bet the 1200, but God, I couldn't blame anyone for going web on this this tournament at all. um The other guy in this range, I, I've been betting Russell Henley all year, but I'm not. I'm actually not going to do it because it's it's pretty low for me. Of course, the other guy I'm going to talk about hasn't really won either, but. I, I think he's been playing really good golf for 12, 18 months, Corey Connors, and uh, also should just ball strike this place to death, uh, plus 2,200. He's only got the one career win, but that it feels like he's overdue to get his second, and this just feels like a really nice golf course for him to play well at. So I'll probably take my chances with Connors this week. Hopefully the putter is average, and he can uh, just do his thing and, and iron this place to death. 35 uh, to 5,000, uh, we got Gooch, who really lit it up in round one, and then he was probably the worst player in the field from that point on. He finished toward the bottom of the guys that made the cut. He's at 3,500, Adam Scott. There's Kisner at 35, uh, Alex Norin, uh, Johnny's, Johnny's guy Joaquin Neiman at 35 to, uh, Chris Kirk, former winner here at forty-five, and then uh, Justin Rose and Mac Hughes, former winner at fifty. Um, there's some decent choices in here. Uh, Zach, are you going to be on Kisner? Uh, I yeah, absolutely.
1: Form form notwithstanding, recently, but if you look at the leaderboards from the past four or five years, he always shows up here. I believe he's from near the area. Um, I think in this range there is a lot of value. I mean, I think there's just as much value to win in this range as what there is from the the fifteen hundred to the twenty five hundred range. I mean, Scott could win, Kisner could win, Chris Kirk has played good here. Justin Rose seems to be kind of coming back into form, so I think there's a lot of value to make a reasonable bet on a win, but even more so on a lot of the top ten stuff from this range. I mean, uh, Justin Rose at plus four fifty kisner at plus 350 and scott at plus 350 for top tens i think are really really solid bets nor never gets talked about but is always a solid player neiman's a great
0: player i think this is a great range i think this is
1: one of the more solid ranges in
0: the entire field really johnny is uh is it neiman's week i don't think it's neiman's week i doesn't I feel don't like, like a, doesn't feel like a Neiman
2: golf course. No, I woke up this morning and I was like, is this a Yakko Neiman week? And I just wasn't feeling it. So, but no, I actually don't mind him this week. Um, if I don't know if I'd make him one of my best bets, but I might consider throwing something on him. Um, he's just, you know, he's, he's a talented enough player that, you know, you gotta, you gotta at least look at him there, but I do agree with, uh, with much of what Zach said there. This is a, this is a good group here. Um, I'd like to, I'd like Gooch, but after that, he was bad. I mean, he was just playing, playing bad. And I just don't know, you know, it's not one of those one round or nine whole bad, you know, sessions there. It was, it was multiple rounds there. So um, I think this could be the uh, Kevin Kisner revenge tour that starts and ends this week. Um, He's had good finishes. Should have won last year. I mean, really he, even even though he got the playoff there, he should have ended up winning. Um, I, I could definitely see him in winning this week. And I was kind of disappointed to see Alex Norin at 35 to one. He's played this, uh, this event twice finished top 20, both times um, he's been playing pretty good. He's been making cuts um, whether it be in, in the Euro tour or in the American tour or the PJ tour. And I was hoping he was going to be something closer to forty-five to one because I think at that point he would have been a, a more, you know, yeah. more confident for me to to bet on him at that. Um, I still might end up doing it, throwing a little bit on him uh, plus three fifty as a top ten. He's been playing solid golf, good track record on the golf course,
0: and I and and, and
2: I see no reason why he would, uh, um, you know,
0: be a bad bet this week. Hmm. I never. I, I got to be honest. I didn't ever think of Norin here I didn't realize his record was was at least decent um I I feel like you almost have to auto bet Kisner here I I think based off of winning before almost winning last year just winning recently at Sedgefield obviously a, a course corollary just feels like this, this course is made for his game. So 3,500, I know earlier in the day that that has already dropped. It was closer to 40, 45. Um, so money is already coming in on Kisner. Um, if I were to go with another guy in this range, I think I would go with uh, Mac Hughes at 50. Um, you know, traditionally he actually plays tough golf courses really, like that, really dude. well. Yeah. he, He's, I think he won here in 2016, hasn't won since, but good player. Um, he makes as many I, I call it what the fuck pars birdies as uh Jordan Spieth. He's just let's go to Mac Hughes on 16. Here he is rolling in a 55 footer. I, I, I just every time. Mac Hughes is on TV. He's doing something like that. Um, so 50 to one former winner. I like that number uh, 60 and above. This is where we get into some names that I think have some real potential. And at the number, this is where you can have some real money makers. We got guys like Keegan Bradley, Brendan Todd, uh, Mita Pereira is right there. Charles Howell here. One here a couple of years ago. Uh, Max is at 6,500. Uh, Uh, Zach mentioned him. I think, I think he's probably going to mention him here in a second. Joel Damon coming off a really low round on Sunday in Houston. Vegas was in the mix for a while. He's at 6,500. And then uh, up to Robert Shreb, Mr. RSM himself, he's at plus 7,000. Zach, do you like Max this week? I do. Absolutely.
1: Um, Not just because he's at plus 6,500, but because he's been playing well. Uh, I believe he got uh, 37th last week, which is, you know, not the greatest, but it's making the cut. And, uh, he shot a reasonable round, the final round. Um, I'm going to take Cooch again this week. I know that that's something that you and I always, uh, argue over. And I believe Hayden Buckley's in this tournament again, so we can just roll our bet again. Um, but I do, I, I, you know, for other reasons, I do like Cooch. uh, uh, he's been trending upwards. I real, I know that I'm like a Cooch and Reed lover, but uh, I'm just, I do think that eventually he's going to get back to that point. And if you continue continue to give me numbers of like plus five fifty for top ten on Coocher, I'm I'm going to make a bet on it. It's where he lives. He's it's going to eventually
0: come back. It's going to get back to what point for Kuchar?
1: Well, where he's going to be in the top ten again all the time you know he's like and, 40 he's like 44 now isn't he i yeah, mean he'll have a resurgence i mean you know maybe he's eating better now maybe he's working out better now i don't know maybe he's thinking more positively i'm not sure
0: are, are we I, are we are we even on the the buckley kutcher bet now or where, is that
1: we uh, we're or either even or you're one up i'm not 100 sure i'm not sure if there's been two or three bets i won the first one you got the second one and Okay. I know that I haven't won another one, so maybe I'm okay. just blocking out the third. But okay. um, in this range, though, you know, I think Robert Strab is another. If you're going to give a guy that's won the tournament twice plus seven thousand, I mean, it's at least worth a ten dollar bet.
0: Uh, yeah, I I agree. And actually, Streb had one of the lowest rounds on Sunday. If you're going with the Johnny Strauser rule, which is low round on Sunday, just play him the next week, and he happens to be the defending champion, Streb might just be an autoplay right johnny 70 to 1 you know it's like i don't
2: even have to do these podcasts anymore because you you, <laughs> you just you took my you took the play right right out of there but yeah uh great run on sunday tied for sixth uh in the tournament there my only worry is is robert streb usually only shows up once per calendar year so have we seen peak robert streb um last week there at the at memorial park but no I, I i don't think he's gonna win but i mean if you look at him and in, in, you know if you making the cut and finishing top 20 or top 30 or something like that i, I think there's a distinct possibility there um joe joe damon I, another guy i was gonna mention i think uh uh he played pretty well at the end of the season last year i believe and Played well this last week here. Um, I I don't know about a win on him. This this is where it gets a little bit iffy, but uh, but I do like him to finish pretty high. Um, I was gonna I'm gonna bet Max Homa as well. I'm, I'm not sure if he's gonna win like this close together from you know from winning just a, a couple months ago there, but uh, um, you know, in, uh, he played pretty well this this last week here, and it's sixty five to one, that's that's a it's not, he's not a guy that is like auto bet, but he's a guy that you got to look at when he gets to that number that uh, he could just come out and, you know, end up, end up winning there. So um, he's, he's another guy there. Don't love this group, but there are some names though that I'm going to definitely keep an eye out for.
0: Max has the same logic this week that I had for Coke Rack last week, which is this guy's won three times in the last three seasons no one else in this range has the same win equity as max you're betting on the ceiling to win when you when you make that bet you that's what you that's what we're doing here uh, max is playing well he's better than all the guys in this range so i i like that play i really do um i do think you just got to play strab you just got to blind bet it and just hope you know you mentioned strab shows up once a year well actually remember cj cup he was like 9 under through 11 that's to start of that yes. tournament. And he I think That's he right. finished top 10. So maybe Shreb's starting to show some consistency at age three. crack 2.0 here. Could be. Um, so yeah, I think you gotta go Shreb there. Damon, I think this is a this is a good golf course for him. It's he's he, I don't know if he's like the most accurate, but he gets insanely hot. He gets on these runs where he's just throwing birdies left and right, so I don't mind that as well. I'm sort of just reiterating everything you guys said here. Um, 8,000 and above. Um, Jason Day's in here, Patrick Rogers, uh, Brian Harmon. Man, Harmon wasn't he was really low in the odds in the, the summer, and I don't know what happened to him, but he's yeah, he's, he's falling off. Trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um a name that interests me guys is, here is Brandon Grace at 8,000 he um you know he's a former winner um uh, at Harbortown he won I think the was it the opposite field event earlier in 21 I think it might have been uh was it Puerto Rico that he won in the, f- the spring. I can't remember. It was this year though. It was one of it the was, obviously yeah. the WGCs. Yeah. I, I think I, I kind of like his game. He he's a guy that usually plays t- tough golf courses pretty well. He's always in the majors. So I think 8,000 there is, is an interesting number. Um, anybody in the eight to 9,000 range for you guys?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, a guy like Matt Wallace for plus 600 top 10 is a good number. Uh, you had mentioned Patrick Rogers previously plus 600. If you look at the previous years, uh, he tends to play well here. Plus 600 top 10 is not a bad bet at all. Um, you already mentioned grace. Um, are we going higher than plus 10,000 right now? Not
0: yet. Okay. Johnny says no. (laughs) I'm more than, uh, yeah, I
2: was going to say, I, uh, uh, you know, Grace isn't a bad pick at all. At Adam Long, um, I think he finished top fifteen last week, um, and he's made he's been making cuts. And I, I, I don't I don't love him on a on a win bet really much at ninety to one. That's not bad, but uh, you know, top twenty, top thirty, something like that, you can get some good plus money on him. And he's guys he's just been playing pretty consistent, and I think he's been making a lot of cuts. And not only making cuts, but he's he's finishing you know top 40 top 30 and so you know a lot of some of the guys you know when they make the cut they're not playing well they just kind of coast and finish you know 60th place or something like that but you know finishing strong grinding out through sunday and and posting some good finishes so i think there is some value to him and he's the one guy that that stuck out at me at the at that number there
0: i got two names um one is a predictable name and one is not a predictable name. One that is not is Alex Smalley. He, I think he's, I don't know if he's, I thought he finished top 50 on the corn fairy. So I don't think he's got full status, but he's played five fall events and he's made the cut in four. He's finished top 15. The last two events. He's a Duke guy, um, which always counts uh, counts against someone in my book, but I, um, Played well in Houston, finished 15th. Um, I think he's got potential for at least, you know, top 20 in this range. And then um, not a surprise will be will be Luke List at plus 9,000. Number one last week, uh, Tita Green in the field, and then was one of the worst putters in the field, which is kind of a tradition unlike any other for Luke List. He lost six strokes to the field. Putting, but he gained 13 strokes on the field, t to green. Um, in theory, all strikers, course, good t to green. Luke List should be able to excel at this course, and he is a bomber. But I think he can. Um, he's shown in the past he can he can play these kind of shorter tracks well. He's played well at Honda, which isn't necessarily always a driver course. Accuracy off the, off the tee important there. Um, so if he could just manage to not be terrible putting. And maybe we're on to something, but don't expect that to happen. Uh, 100 to 1 and above. Uh, Zach, you were you anxious to get to someone here?
1: I don't necessarily – well, I mean, I want to give the Indiana love to a couple guys. I mean, I think Tyler Duncan won here two or three hmm. years ago. Hmm. Uh, shot, if we're going with Johnny's rule that you said uh previously, shot 66, final yeah. round last week, tied for 29. And uh, getting plus four fifty for a top twenty, which I think is is great money, plus a thousand for top ten, and I mean, if you want to make a bet for him to win, he's at what is it at plus thirteen thousand. That's yep. that's pretty good money. Aside from that, a guy like Sabatini getting top ten at plus twelve hundred, I think, is a good bet. Top twenty at plus five hundred. Um, Bill Haas, although playing bad and missed the cut last week uh tends to play good here you're getting plus 800 for a top 20 which i think is great money and then uh a guy like davis love the third who who i know is is older and and not necessarily always playing well but if you're getting plus 900 for a top 40 bet i don't really think that that's that bad of a bet you're laughing
0: I just, no, that's that's really that's an amazing number. Holy shit!
1: What was the Hundred on top forty for Davis Love, who knows the golf course, tends to play he did well.
2: Redesigned, didn't
0: he? Uh, yeah, he I have, uh, I, That's
2: not a bad. That's not bad at
0: all. It's really not I a mean, bad bet at all, though.
1: No. I, I I couldn't believe it when I saw it. It was like the first time I saw Kuchar at plus
0: fifteen thousand.
1: It didn't make sense. <laughs>
0: your, your eyes lit up. <laughs> Like it was Christmas when you saw Kutra at plus fifteen thousand. Then, then I told you, oh, he hadn't made a cut in like two months. But um, no, I like that. I, I that's a creative that's a creative way to bet for for someone that doesn't have to win. I mean, God, if Davis makes a cut, he's got a chance at a top forty. You would think, um, Johnny, <laughs> um, anyone in the the I don't know around the hundred to one or. Um, up to like 150 to one in there, that's reasonable chance to win the tournament. I mean, there's, there's, there's guys here that are like, okay. In a, in a, in a certain world, patent desire could win this tournament. I mean, he's won on courses like this guys guys like that. Yeah. There's, there's two names that, uh,
2: that that did pop out at me. Um, uh, One guy who actually, I think I, I might've made him as like a best bet last year, but he had to, pull out of the event because he got Kobe was, was Henrik Norling. Um lost in a playoff, like five, six years ago at this event. And I know he's had another top five. Um, he's had some pretty good finishes. I think in last time he played was Vegas, um, but he was top 20 there or something like that. Um, but, you know, he's got some, uh, got some course history here. Um, some real good course history. And I could see him, popping through and, and being one of those crazy, you know, crazy, you know, 110 to one wins there. So, you know, that's somebody who I, uh, I liked last year, like I said, until he had to withdraw due, due to the illness there, but uh, he's, he's another one that uh, I'll be looking at. The other one is, and it, it always pops up, but he's at that number where it's almost an auto bet in in, in some way is Keith Mitchell. Um, we're going to, talk about him as long as he's more than a hundred to one good player. He's won before one, one at Honda uh, at a real tough golf course. So, you know, he can kind of handle it. He was making his way up the board. uh, Was it Saturday or was it Friday?
0: Saturday. It was
2: Saturday and then ended up just playing really poorly on Sunday. And I think he actually finished out of top, Thirty or top forty, because I, I whatever I had him at, he finished one spot out of it. I think I bet him top thirty, and he finished thirty-first or something like that. So, but any any number for him to make the cut. He's, he's talented enough He's talented enough to finish in the top ten, and he could win this event when he gets it all put together. So, those guys I think have legitimate win possibility um, at
0: more than one hundred to one odds. Uh, yeah. Mitchell's always got that upside. It feels like um, one guy for me, and, and this is like the fourth time we've referenced this rule, but the the, the Johnny Strouser rule of good run on Sunday um, and parlaying that into a good event the following week, Denny McCarthy, um, mm-hmm. 65 on Sunday, top 15 at Houston probably the best putter on tour statistically at least. And he's coming to a place where he's had a little bit of success at at RSM. Um, He's going off 130 to one. He might not be the best ball striker in the event, but he usually can make up shots around the green and on the green. Um, So I'll take my chances with Denny this week, I think. And um, the guy that's right next to him in the odds that is, uh, over the last 24 rounds, hitting the, his irons really well, Tom Hoagie. goddamn. I mean, I, I, I don't feel great about ta- even talking about Tom Hoagie on this podcast, but um, he might be worth a flyer and uh, plus 1,000 in the top 10. There's always like one out of seven, eight events where Tom Hoagie's up in the mix on Sunday and he just, he looks terrible. I just don't like to watch him play the whole thing, but he's not terrible. He's not a terrible <laughs> player. Um, I also like Davis, Davis Riley. He's coming around a little bit more of on a top 20, top 30, bet. he's made the cut the, uh, three of the last four events, had a top 10 to Bermuda finished top thirty last week at Houston. Um, so he might be finding some form. Um, anyone else on the board for either one of you? I mean, Zach's already went all the way down to the bottom for Davis love. Uh, Johnny, anyone else for you, Martin trainer? I'm
2: not going to go Martin trainer. Um, I think the Martin trainer dream has, has ended until some other time there. Um, shit, I just lost his name. There was Uh, one guy, Tyler McCumber. (laughs) No, we've talked about him before though. He's that guy that just drives you nuts that you don't think, Oh God damn it. Did you have anybody while you, I'll, I'll keep looking here. I had a guy. I just, I, I kept scrolling and I lost my page. Uh, the guy,
0: uh, no, you know, I really didn't. Um, I, I, you know, JT Poston always pops up from here, you know, every now and then where he's kind of in contention to win. I know he almost won at Barbasol in August, but I don't think he's really resurfaced since then. I don't really have anyone else down yeah. here. I I was going to say,
2: I was going to say he he kind of fits the golf course. Um, not in a win bet. I'm not going to bet him to win, but you could get him in, you know, the top 20 range or something like that. Is Graham McDowell? Um, I just mm-hmm. he he's a good win player too, um, and he seems to kind of just scrape decent finishes at these, uh, you know, at these smaller events here. Um, always seems to make himself relevant, um, you know during during these types of events. This is just like one of these ones where he kind of makes the cut and you know, shoots, you know, shoots 67, 67 or, or something like that on on the weekend or grinds it out and finishes, you know, uh, it finishes in a top 20 and they're you know, not having to hit the ball very long, you know, and then with the potential for first some win, because it is, you know, it is right off the ocean there that uh, he might have some value um, in the, in the form of like what uh, Zach was saying on, on Davis love. So, we can kind of, you know, turn back the clock there with uh, with with Davis and, and Graham McDowell and and uh, you know, see where that gets us.
0: Have you been uh, tracking these picks like you said you were going to, or no? I have not.
2: No, I have a I have a spreadsheet. I just have not been putting. I haven't updated them, but I have all the the picks from previous Facebook posts. So I'm hoping by I'm hoping the the I had. I'm putting around an Excel file where they where they add up based on unit size. So it tells you how many units that were up or down. Um, I'm hoping to have that finalized by the time we start the new year um, at the uh, Hyundai Tournament Champions, there is have something where we can keep track of it and we keep it on
0: a week to week basis. I, I was just curious. And uh, you know, of course we don't really release like unit sizes or anything like that. Um, but interesting to see, to kind of check in maybe at that event and see how many we've we've gotten right at least. I know last week we got a bunch right. This week we, mm-hmm. got, we got less right, but the ones we got were pretty impactful, I think. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the DP World Tour Championship as well on the European Tour. Um, just because it's the final events of the race to Dubai and it's a great field. And, um, you know, if you're more, if you're interested in a tournament that maybe has a bit more meaning this week, um, you might want to tune into this one. Um, top five, uh, on the race to Dubai rankings, uh, Morikawa is number one. Billy Ho's two. John Roms three, but he's not playing, so he will not be winning the race to Dubai. Uh, Hatton at four, and Min Woodley at five. Um, it's a small field. I think only 53 players are in this tournament. Um, top of the board is really, really strong. Rory McElroy at plus 550. Of course, last time we saw him, he was winning at CJ Cup. Is it is it a big overreaction on the odds? It might be. Uh, you know, I don't know if Rory's fully back yet, but he is a favorite. Colin Morikawa at plus seven fifty, number one on the rankings. Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Answer, Sergio, Paul Casey, um, Eastberger, Hatton, and Billy Ho are right behind them in the, uh, the odds. Um, Zach, is there is there a name or two on the on? I don't know if you're looking at the top or, or in the middle here um, and on, on DraftKings right now, they don't have any, any uh, top five, top 10 bets. So it's just win bets only, but what are your thoughts on this tournament and uh, anyone you like at the top here?
1: Uh, I think Morikawa and McIlroy both don't have value to place bets on them. I would say Fitzpatrick would be the first place that I would go to even think the value would be there, but I think Garcia has been playing well. Um, hasn't won in a while but but really has been playing well. great ball striker as we know and, and drives the ball well. Plus 1800 isn't terrible there. Uh, I like a guy like Hatton at plus 2200 is not bad. Um, let me kind of go down the list here. A guy that never gets talked about but always kind of seems to be there is a guy that I would bet top tens on if they had him would be like Thomas Peters. Once they get those top 10 numbers uh, with this field, I would feel pretty confident that Thomas Peters would would be top 10 in this field. He he seems to kind of rise to the fields that he plays in. So you always kind of see his name at the top in the majors, at least until the weekend. Um, I like that name. Oh, let me look down a little bit farther to see if I like anybody there. Surprisingly, if they get some top 10 numbers out as well, Danny Willett has been playing well recently and he got forgotten after the the Masters win, but he's kind of quietly had a, a resurgence a little bit, not necessarily winning, but, but at least placing reasonably well.
0: Damn it, Zach. I was going to talk about Danny Willett. <laughs> I'm a good, sorry, man. No, I think, <laughs> I think that's a good, I think that's a good play down the board. Yeah. Uh, of course, he won out. Uh, he won the Dunhill uh, a few weeks ago. So, I I like Willett this week um, to win. I don't know, but he's plus five thousand on the board. We'll see what the top five, top ten bets are when when uh, when they become available. Um, I was just looking. I, I don't think Morikawa can become number one if he wins this. I think he's got to win this and the uh, the Hero in December to get to number one. But there is there's an incentive for Morikawa to really win this week. Um, I, I like to do these cross tournament parlays. Um, you know, let's. I, I feel like Morikawa is going to be there at the end Sunday. Him at plus seven fifty, and you parlay that with a Webb Simpson automatic top ten. And that that parlay is plus twenty two eighty, and uh, there you go. That's how you increase Collins' win equity right there uh johnny any thoughts on this tournament yeah that's that's very uh that,
2: that's a actually a pretty good idea for a bet there is to increase his odds like that with, with something where you're looking at webb simpson is is the chances of him finishing top 10 but um this will be this is a fun event um because it's got that that small field and they're playing for a whole bunch of money um it's it's always on in the morning, so it's it's nice to wake up to to watch some golf there and and with a good field that's probably better than the one that we just talked about for the last you know forty forty five minutes there. So like you were saying, Rory and, and Colin Morikawa, I, I don't think they've got the value. Um, Rory plays the golf course really well, so it's it's kind of hard to 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 bet against him. But with him, I don't think he can win the race to Dubai um based on the points uh, at least how far back he was so i i don't know how much he's gonna be, be going all out of it but i'm gonna have a few picks um one guy i do like is minwoon lee at 25 to 1 finished top 10 last week and he's um i think he's top six top five in the uh, current race so um I just like the number there and there's some, uh, you know, that's a, a decent payoff in, in such a small field there. Um, I like him. I, I do like Willit. I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure on a win bet, but once the, uh, the place bets come out, um, I could definitely see him contending and, and, you know, possibly winning, but we'll have to see the other guy I'm going to throw out there is, uh, is Guido Migliozzi at 80 to one. Um, good player. Um, this is going to be, you know, for the guys down the board here, this is kind of a big deal for them to make it this far. You know, they've, they're, they're playing for a lot of money, um, a lot of prestige and a guy like him, who is pretty dedicated to the, the European tour and everything wants to improve his standing in that where he can, you know, have his choice of playing in, in some PGA tour events and, and the uh, uh, DP Tour next year when you know, when it's called that. So, those are the names that jump out. Um, it'll be a good event to watch. Um, but if I don't do anything like what you did, where you you do that cross parlay, those are the names that that you know kind of jump out at me.
1: When we're talking about Will and I'm kind of looking at some of the uh, top ten, just kind of how it translates. It looks like it would be around plus four fifty
0: to plus five fifty and.
1: At that, I would definitely take Willett for a top ten and place that bet
0: immediately. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's got value. Uh, Martin Keimer, you guys, remember when he used to be number one in the world? Any idea when his last win was? I think it was
1: either this year or the year before.
0: No, inc- incorrect. Good guess, but no.
1: I, th- was, I thought he had I thought he had won.
0: No, it, it, it is the 2014 U.S. Open. It's the last his last win. Isn't that crazy. Uh, including the Euro Tour? Including the Euro Tour. I yes. thought he went in Switzerland this year or something. Like
1: that. I swear okay. I thought he would one, but yeah, I don't know.
0: No, guys, I got his Wikipedia page up right in front of yeah, me. Yeah, okay. I was I was I was curious. I more Wait, than my- way to not trust me. Um yeah, I think I think my my exposure to this event will be pretty small. Uh, I might do a couple of these these. Cross parlays, like I mentioned. I might mess with Morikawa. I might, I might do something Paul Casey, because Paul Casey, I think, could win the race to Dubai. I think he's in the top six or seven. Um, but yeah, Rory, Rory's not gonna win the the race to Dubai. I think he's like 20th in the rankings, but I I don't think he's I don't think he has much value as the favorite here. Um, uh, that's, that's it though, guys. Uh, that's, this our last golf podcast for probably a month and a half. So appreciate you both for being here. Zach's cat's on, he's saying hello here. She's saying hello. Um, so we'll see how the RSM goes guys. Uh, thanks for uh, being here and, and, uh, previewing it with me. Yeah. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah. Thank you. It's been fun.
0: Check out our picks on Wednesday. Uh, your best bet on instagram and facebook i think we've had nine outright winners in the last 12 months we've hit three in the last eight tournaments including the last two so please check those out if you're interested in potentially a big win on sunday uh thanks again for listening to your best bet supporting the show and we'll catch you next time